This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. All right, let's open our Bibles this morning to Psalm 1. If you've got a Bible there or your device that you use, let's open them up to Psalm uh, chapter 1. Glory to God. If, again, if you've been with us, we've been talking about being established in Christ Jesus. God wants you as a child of God, as a believer, to be established in him. Hallelujah. You know, um, so much of the time we see people, you know, that are being tossed all over the place about what it is that they believe or don't believe or how should they believe and things of this nature. And, you know, the, the reality is, is God wants you to be steady. He wants you to be established. He wants you to be settled and grounded in him. And of course, the way that that happens, praise God, is when you and I, you know, open our hearts up to the living word of God and then also begin and choose to believe and receive the instruction that he's given to us. And what a difference it makes in the lives of people. You know, in the book of Ephesians, the Bible talks about the fact that uh, when Paul was writing there, he said, when Jesus ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and he, he gave gifts unto men. And if you read further in the verse there or in that chapter, in chapter four, it, it describes those gifts as being, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. We refer to this as the fivefold ministry. These are men and women who have been called of God to be gifts to the body of Christ, to share the word of God that is given to them. And, and as we read in these scriptures, you know, he says uh, that they were given for the perfecting or the maturing of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edification of the body of Christ. But it goes on then to say, so that we won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and the slight or the cunning craftiness of men whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You know, in the world in which we live today, there are so many things that are being said that are so untrue. And there's no, there's no basis for what it is that's being communicated. And so what what he was talking about is, is these ministry gifts being given to the body of Christ so that we could become established and mature in him. And so that when these things come our way, thank God we have the ability to rightly divide the word of God, the truth of God's word, and not be tossed all over the place wondering what's going on within our lives. But again, you know, he said that we would not uh, succumb to the cunning craftiness or the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but rather, hallelujah, speaking the truth in love may grow up into him who is the head, even Christ. I tell you, God wants you to grow up into Jesus and to be like him, to be conformed into the image of his son, to be like the Christ, the son of the living God, to be a testimony, to be a witness. Of course, we are not Christ, but we're representatives. We're witnesses to the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we can rightly divide the word of God, when we can communicate with people, 
people the truth of God's Word, praise God, then that makes them a candidate to be able to experience the very same grace, the very same peace, the very same love that you and I have the privilege of being able to enjoy as believers. So I tell you what, growing up in Him is important. Being established in Him is important. And you know, hallelujah, you know, it's, it, it, you have to understand it's not enough just to get saved. A lot of folk, you know, they know Jesus, they made a personal commitment to Him, and they're born of the Spirit of God. But you know, it's, it's not healthy for you not to grow anything. I mean, in nature itself, if it's not growing, there's something wrong. And so God wants you to grow. He wants you to develop spiritually, move forward in the plan that he has for you. Because I tell you what, glory to God, he has a great plan for every person, every child of God. And that includes you. And I tell you what, it needs to become your pursuit. You say, well, I I just don't know how. Well, you know, if you'll ask the Lord, he'll at least start you in a direction. He'll head you somewhere so that you can grow up into him. And of course, Uh, Praise God. If we'll just take the Word of God and start there, that's a good place to begin. Look with me, if you would, in uh, Psalm verse or chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man or woman, in the generic sense, that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, everybody say delight, hallelujah, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it does he meditate day and night. And then it goes on to describe this person. It says, he or she shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season, hallelujah, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now it goes on to say and says, the ungodly are not like that. And there's some different things that the psalmist goes on to describe. But really where I want to park here this morning is, it says, blessed is the man or woman that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. In other words, you know, If you're going to have success in life, if you're going to enjoy being established or rooted or or grounded in Christ, then you're going to have to decide where it is that you're getting your information from. Because I got to tell you, there's a lot of things in the world today right now, especially in media, that, you know, are, as a matter of fact, I just happened to click on the television here, um, I think it was last, maybe this week. But anyway, I happened to turn it on, you know, hadn't, I don't, I've just, I've shut it all off because none of it has any value in terms of lifting you up or giving you any kind of good guidance. Well, when I turned it on, you know, and immediately I, I, I just began to listen to what was being said, I, I realized this is so unhealthy. And I got under, you, you need to understand that this is one of the more conservative outlets that I was listening to, but even then, it was, it was unhealthy because, you know, there's all this drama and we got to, you know, uh, dig all of these kinds of things up that are so unprofitable when it comes to your life and mine and how it is that we are to live. And so, again, you just have to decide where you're going to get your information because, again, there's a lot of places where it's not very wholesome and it's not very healthy. But thank God the living Word is absolutely healthy and it's absolutely wholesome. 
So when we talk about growing or, or, or being established in Him, you know, it really, I mean, very simply, uh, it begins by obedience, obedience to the Word, uh, obedience to what God has said. You'll notice here in this scripture that we read in verse 1, now listen, listen to it. Listen to what He is saying to you. He says, blessed is the man. Now let me ask you, do you want to be blessed? Well, of course, everyone will naturally, well, yeah, absolutely, I want to be blessed. Well, listen, he says, blessed is the man or woman that does not walk. Now, that means to pursue a course of life. That means a a way of life or conduct or your behavior. Who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of the sinner or sit in the seat of the scornful. But again, he says, his delight, glory to God, is in the law of the Lord. Hallelujah. And and the record that we have in the scriptures, if you read the Bible, I mean, Old Testament or New, anybody that made a decision to be obedient to God and walk in the light of the word of God, they were all blessed. All of them. Hallelujah. And that's what he describes in this. He says, if you'll choose to do this and meditate in the word and make it your delight, you'll be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Hallelujah. You know, in other words, it's a, it, it's a picture of, of, of health and wholeness and, and strength because you planted yourself in a place where there's real nourishment that really benefits you. You know, in the world today, we talk about, you know, different foods that we eat, and some of them are not really very good for us, you know, even though they have this flavor and this taste. And so they talk about eating clean, you know. In other words, you're eating food that is like fuel for your body, and it doesn't have all the extra things that can create problems and difficulties within your life. Well, praise God, the same thing's true with the Bible. You know, if we want the pure, unadulterated Word of God, and Peter talked about that. You know, he said, <clears throat> he, you know, he talked about, you know, um, uh, to desire the sincere or, or, or unadulterated Word of God. And, you know, so that you may grow thereby. You know, and the thing of it is, is if we're mixing in some other stuff, it makes it very difficult for us to be able to receive what it is that heaven has for us. Excuse me just a minute. So, you know, I want you to listen to the instruction. It says again that the person is blessed that chooses not to walk in the world's way of thinking. If you allow yourself to just go by human reason and what it is that the world around you is saying, I tell you, my friend, you'll have anxiety, you'll have worry, you'll have care, you'll have all of those things that are described in the, in the scriptures. But I tell you what, God has called us to peace. You remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples, I mean, they had some pretty... Uh, stiff things coming against them. There were a lot of things going on they didn't understand. And you know, in the midst of all of that, time and time and time again, Jesus would say, don't let your heart be troubled. Well, you know, a lot of times people would argue the point, well, you know, pastor, that's easier said than done. Well, I didn't say it. He said it. So if he said, don't let your heart be troubled, then evidently there must be a way in which you and I can live our lives in a way, praise God, that, that describes that kind of living. So again, you know, as you see this, uh, we understand that these people were blessed, you know, and, and, 
and you know, the great thing about this, you guys, is simply this, that, you know, as much as we can look at all of the characters in the scriptures, you know, and you know how God blessed them and this and that and the other, listen, today, right now, in my generation and in yours, he has enabled you and I to be able to do the same thing because of the power of God that works within us. You know, that's why the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, we need to believe the Scripture. We need to believe what it is that we just got done quoting, you know, that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can even ask or even think because, again, of the power, huh? The power that works within us. So you know what? Glory to God, you and I have the same privilege, actually a greater privilege because of this enablement of the power of God, the Spirit of God that is in us, to be able to give a testimony and a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what it is that he's done in our lives. And dear friend, every one of you that are born of the Spirit of God, you've tasted, you've seen that the Lord is good. Guess what? He wants to continue that same vein with you. Hallelujah. You know, the best is yet to come. He's not through with you. Your life's not over. I'll tell you, I guarantee you, glory to God, that there's blessing on the way, around the corner. We just have to keep up, keep on, keeping on, believing what it is that God has promised, and I will guarantee you, he'll bring it to pass. I tell you what, that's good preaching. Glory to God. You know, he wants the best for us. I tell you, that's why he sent the best. He gave Jesus and his life to you and I so that, praise God, we could live. And I tell you what, to honor him, the, the very least that we can do is to decide that we're going to be obedient to the Word of God, that we're going to put off and put away the things that bring such destructive things within our lives, and we're going to embrace the truth. We're going to clean house, as it were, in our lives so that, praise God, we can be a testimony to the one who purchased us with his own blood. The Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, and old things have passed away. Well, you know, I just don't seem to be able to get the victory. You know, I, I just see, uh, keep coming back to this problem or that. Well, you know what? Start looking at what the Bible says about you instead of the problem. Begin to recognize that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. God has given you the privilege to have a new life to live differently, and you can do it because he said that you can. But you got to believe him. You know, again, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I want to believe, but, you know, I got this and that and the other. Well, all that's happening is, is that you're believing you can't, and God is saying, I've already done enough for you, so you can. So we just got to get our hearts, you know, resituated and adjusted about what it is that we're believing so that we can really enjoy heaven's very best within our lives. And I trust you believe what I'm saying to you this morning because, praise God, it's absolutely true. And when we make the word our delight, that's what the psalmist did. You say, well, what do you mean by that, making the word your delight? I mean, does that mean, you know, we just, we just read the Bible all the time? Is that the, what, what that means when we make? No, I'm saying that, praise God, we look into what the Bible refers to as the 
perfect law of liberty, and, and we say, God, how, how do you instruct me to live my life? What is it that you want me to do? And we delight in the direction or the guidance that he gives to us when he tells us to put off slander, if he tells us to put away anger, if he tells us you don't have to worry anymore, all of these different kinds of things that are found within the Bible. And then we say, you know what? I'm going to have me some of that. I'm going to start living my life in a way where I'm not critical. I'm not so cynical. You know, I'm not negative. I'm not judgmental. I'm not going to, you know, be envious of others. I'm not going to allow jealousy, you know, to invade my life and mess up my day. And, you know, I'm going to control the way I think. I'm going to meditate on that which is of God. I'm going to make the word my delight instead of all of these other things. And he said, hallelujah, that if you'll do that, you'll end up being like the tree that's planted down there where there's plenty of refreshment, there's plenty of nourishment, there's plenty of blessing for your life. Hallelujah. So, you know, if you're going to do that, you know, if you're going to make it your delight, you have to come to know and believe that God's word is true. And when we do that, you know, I mean, really what, it, what it's really meaning is, is I'm going to do the Bible. I'm going to practice what the Bible has to say. You know, and when I do that, I guarantee you that the results of success and being established are coming your way. Absolutely. You know, my wife and I got started in ministry, you know, many, many, many years ago, 43 now, some years ago, you know, we didn't have anything, but we had it in our heart that God wanted to not only bless us, but bless the lives of people that we had the privilege of being able to communicate with and minister to. And, you know, we had a lot of challenges, just like everyone does. You know, we didn't have everything, you know, when we first got started. <clears throat> and even now, you know, we still have to believe God. It's just a bigger kind of thing that we're doing. But you know what? He's faithful no matter what your circumstance is, if you'll just trust him and make the word of God your delight. And the truth of the matter is, is again, when you do that, inevitably, listen, inevitably, good success and blessing and being established will come your way. I believe that, you know, I trust that you'll believe what it is that I'm, I'm, I'm communicating to you here this morning. God does not want you to go through life defeated. He doesn't want you to go through life sour. He does not want you to go through life, you know, just at the bottom of the barrel, always being challenged, you know, just, you know, so your life filled with negativism. God wants to set you free, and he'll do it if you'll just come to him and ask him to help you. And then begin to make God's word your delight. In other words, I mean, you know, you start looking into the word of God, particularly the New Testament and the epistles or the letters that were written to the church. You know, I tell you what, you can find such great, refreshing things that are found within the word of God. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> These things come our way. Now, let me give you another example of what that, how that might be applied to your life. You know, uh, <clears throat> you know when, when I read the Word of God, the Bible says to let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister to the, uh, grace to the hearer. So, so I make a decision. I say, you know what? I'm putting a watch over my lips. 
I'm putting a watch over what I say because I know not only does it impact my life, but it impacts the lives of others around me. If I'm always spewing out all kinds of negative, you know, critical kind of stuff and all of these different kinds of things, it impacts me and my spirit, but it also impacts the people that are around me. There's nothing, you know, beneficial or edifying about someone, you know, who's always negative. And, you know, you've, I mean, we've run into them. You know, every one of us know those types of people. But praise God, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. You can change that so that you're not, you know, you're putting a watch over your lips and you're only saying what it is that God says. Hallelujah. In other words, you change the conversation or the communication of your mouth, and as a result, the blessing of God comes your way. Here's what the scriptures say. For example, Peter wrote this in his first epistle, chapter 2 and verse 1. He says this. He said, so, so put away all malice. Malice. And then he goes on to say, and all deceit, or deceitfulness, or lying, we could say, and hypocrisy. You know, so many times, especially in the <laughs> day and age we hear, you know, we see things today. I mean, uh, people are, it, it's unfortunate, but su- some people are such hypocrites. They say one thing and do something else, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's appalling, really. But, you know, they, they can only function out of what it is that's within them, and thus the reason why they manifest the things that they do in this life. But thank God we don't have to do that. You know, we can be honest forthright. We can be trustworthy. We can have integrity in our lives. And so we we put these things away. See, again, Peter said, put away. In other words, again, put away malice, deceit, hypocrisy, and evil, and all slander. Huh, that's an interesting thought. And boy, do we see that today. I mean, you cannot, I mean, any newscast, I mean, that's all there is, is all of these slanderous kinds of accusations. And that's why I'm telling you, dear friend, stop watching it, because it does not do you any good. And it doesn't matter whether it's on social media or if it's on, you know, a cable network or whatever the case might be. It's everywhere. But you have to put a stop to it. You have to get out of those environments, because you know what, dear friend, I'm telling you what, life is too short to get involved in all that mess. You might as well praise God, find out what the will of the Lord is in your life, and I tell you what, go down the road and praise God, stay happy, because he wants you to be blessed in your life. But you have to do that. You know, when I set out to have good success in my life, you know, I just, I started to mind my own business, you know, and, 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 uh, and ignore the, the naysayers. You know, I mean, I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, I had all these battles just like everybody else does, you know. I mean, I found out that God wanted to prosper me, that God wanted to bless my life. And, you know, I'd go around and I'd communicate the same thing to others. And, you know, and all of a sudden you, get, you, you run into all these, na- no, that's not what it says. That's not what it means. You know, God didn't promise you this or that or the other. And I'm looking to myself and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is what the Bible says, that he has delight in the prosperity of his servants. He wants to bless you. You know, when you obey God, the blessing of God comes. But yet somehow or another, then we have to apologize for our blessing in our lives, you know, and and all of these kinds of things because people are mixed up about the will of God for their lives. 
And God wants to straighten out your confusion so that you can know that he wants to bless you. And not only that, but dear friend, as a child of God, you know, we don't have to be arrogant about it, but we don't have to apologize because God is a giving God. If there's anything you learn in the scriptures, it is how that God wants to bless you. Glory to God. But... You know, the thing of it is, is when it, when it comes to this blessing, you know, that God wants to put in our lives, you know, uh, I didn't seek the blessing of God necessarily for my own. I sought God's blessing because he said, this is what I want to do for you in your life. And so in other words, you know, it, it really is an honor. I know that it's hard for some people to get their head wrapped around this, but you know, the why, the motive behind your being blessed is not so that you can consume it upon your own lust. The reason for your blessing is because God promised it and he wants to make you a blessing. So as long as you have generosity within your heart, I'm telling you what, God will cause a divine flow to come into your life so that you can impact the lives of so many people with what it is that he's entrusted to you, glory to God, and, and, um, and, and, and be blessed. That's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let me share a little bit further, you know, um, about this subject of God wanting to bless your life. And that is simply this, you know, that um, a lot of people just don't think about money correctly. You know, a lot of people are chasing the dollar. They're chasing money. It is their God. They are covetous. I mean, the more, you know, whatever they get is still not enough. You know, all of those different kinds of things. And, you know, uh, it, it is a foreign idea to a lot of people to think about the fact that maybe, just maybe, God wants to make money your servant and rather than you serving it. And yet so many do. If you read what Jesus talked about in the, uh, Matthew chapter 6, and he talked about God's desire to care for you, he said, consider the lilies of the field, consider the fowl of the air, look at all of these different things. He said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added unto you. So the kingdom needs to come first. The motive there is first the kingdom. And if you'll do that, then praise God, God can bless you. And so when we talk about, you know, thinking about money in a, in a correct kind of way, first of all, you know, um, when you're obedient to God and you understand what the Bible has to say, and you come to understand that God wants to bless you, when you're obedient to God, an expectation of blessing, you know, should exist within your life. Not for the sake, again, of, you know, heaping it up or piling it up or telling everybody, see what I've got. No, because when you're obedient to God, he said he would bless you. So there should be an expectation that the blessing of God is going to come your way. Now, if you're like me, when I first got started in all of this, sure enough, some well-meaning person will come along and say, well, you know what? You know, godliness has nothing to do with money. Godliness is, you know, uh, actually, you know, you're more godly if you don't have anything. Well, there's nothing that could be further from the truth, you know? And the reality is, is that, you know, money is basically amoral. I mean, it's, it's neutral. It's what you in your heart do with it. 
But if you learn what the Bible has to say, that God wants to bless your life and that he will in your obedience, then there naturally would be an expectation that God would care for your needs and take care of what it is that's going on in your life. You know, but you have to live with the understanding and the, the consciousness that, that everything that we have, that I have, that you have, it's his. So it becomes a stewardship issue. And these are all matters of the heart. You know, if you don't get your heart straight and square with God, you know, then, then this is just going to be a problem for you. But I'll tell you this much about it. If you'll get your heart right and you'll do what it is that God wants you to do, he'll bring blessing to your home in magnificent and magnanimous kinds of ways. But you have to have and live with an understanding or a consciousness that you're a steward You've just simply been entrusted with what it is that you have so that if any time he calls upon it to say, hey, I need this or whatever, you say, Father, it's yours. That's why we talk about tithing. You know, some people, they're so hung up about, you know, uh, whether or not it's, it's New Testament to tithe. Well, I can tell you, you can go back clear in the Old Testament and on past into the New Testament, and tithing is scriptural. And what it is, is it's nothing more, it's kind of like the tree in the Garden of Eden. When, when God said, you can have everything and anything you want, but that tree is mine. Well, you know, the tenth or the tithe is his. And all he wants you to do is serve him in giving your tithe so that he can bring blessing on the other 90%. And then praise God, you know, as that blessing begins to increase, then you can be blessed all the more. I remember a story here not long ago about an individual, you know, and he, he went up to a, a certain minister and he said, uh, you know, I really need for you to pray for me. You know, I, 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 uh, uh, I've, I've got a uh, a business here, and I want to be a blessing, you know, uh, to the church and to the body of Christ and to the kingdom of God. And so I'd just like for you to, to uh, pray with me. And so the minister said, sure, you bet. And, and they prayed, said, Father, I just want to thank you, glory to God, that this man, whatever it is that he sets his hand to, that you'll prosper it and you'll be blessed. And so away he went. And he started tithing on the money that, you know, was coming in. Well, what ended up happening is, is that his business continued to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, you know. Well, all of a sudden, he got to looking at the amount of this tithe that he was having to give, and, and he went to this same minister. And he says, you need, you need to pray, you know, because I tell you what, this is a lot of money, this tithe that I'm giving. And he said, I, I, you need to pray, you know, that, that God will help me to give this money. And so the same minister said, sure, let me, let me just pray with you, and, and, uh, and we'll get this taken care of. So he grabs a guy by the hand, and he says, Heavenly Father, I want you to stop blessing this guy the way that you have, and just slow everything down, because after all, he just can't handle it. You know, well, sure enough, you know, the guy stopped him in the middle. No, 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 I don't want that. You know, and, and sometimes that's what happens. You know, our, our thinking gets skewed and we're looking at it wrong. You know, I'm telling you what, if you got more to give, glory to God, be a blessing to the church, be a blessing to the kingdom. Do what it is that you can, and I guarantee you that more overflow blessing will come to your life. And, and so, you know, that kind of uh, it brings me to this idea about motive, you know, and keeping our hearts right when it comes to the blessing of God in our lives. And, and some people, um, you know, unfortunately, they, they just never get it. They, they, they don't pass the test, you know. And, and so their, their whole way of thinking 
become so skewed and they don't really realize what it is that God wants to do in their life. Maybe, maybe that's you. I mean, maybe that's just kind of where you're at. Well, I tell you what, God wants to help you to understand that as you give, it will be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And when you keep your heart right and you keep your motives right so that you can advance the kingdom of God and that you pass whatever tests, and there will be, there will be tests. You know, God, he, you know, he'll test you and say, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to go over there and I want you to minister to that person and give them this or whatever the case might be. You know, pass the test. I mean, I mean, come on, man, do it. Because if I had time, I could tell you testimony after testimony in my life that, that the blessing of God flowed so powerfully in our lives because we did what it is that he asked us to do. You know, most people don't know this, but when my wife and I first started in uh, the church, um, <clears throat> we didn't receive any kind of an offering. I was working secularly, and, and uh, so as we kind of went down the road for about three, four months, and the church was growing, and, you know, there was money that was be get, being given because people were giving offerings, you know, some of the people within the church said, well, you know, you ought to, uh, <clears throat> you ought to at least re- receive something, you know, as the minister. And I said, I believe that. Praise God. So they decided, you know, that I would get 30% of whatever came in. Now, realize this is just a small church, you know, we're just getting started, and so I think it might have been, I don't know, seven, eight hundred dollars a month or something of that nature. Well, as we're going down the road here, you know, and I don't know, I would say maybe about six months, the Lord spoke to me and he says, I want you to quit receiving this 30% and I want you to go on designation. And what he meant by that was, is you just tell the people that you're going to believe me for what it is that you get and receive as a minister. And they, if they want to participate, they can. And if they don't want to, they don't need to. Well, you know, uh, that was a test. But I decided, praise God, I'm all in. I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do. So I got up and I told the people, you know, that I made the decision that I was just going to go on designation and that whatever it is that they wanted to give, they were under no obligation. I'll tell you this much about it. When you get in a place like that, you'll look to the Lord. Hallelujah. And we certainly did. But you know what? We found and discovered that God blessed us more doing it that way than, you know, when we were just getting this smaller portion. And thank God for that. We actually did that for almost 20 25 years here at this church where we took no salary. We just offered people an opportunity to be able to give. And we changed it because of the nature of uh, the things in the world today. We didn't want to bring a reproach on people. We didn't want to be accused of this and that and the other. So we had our board members, our advisors, be able to establish a compensation for my wife and I. And we've been doing that ever since and been greatly blessed. I'll tell you this much about it. God will bless you but he wants you to pass the test. When he says, I want you to give that $100, do it. If he tells you, I want you to give that $1,000, do it. If he tells you, I want you to give that $10,000, do it. You know, I mean, it's just a matter of us choosing to obey God, you know? And we know when he's talking to us, hallelujah. And so it's so important that if we'll do this, that our lives will be blessed. Hallelujah. Now, here's another thought with regard to the way that we think about money. The Bible says that in all labor, there is profit. And the reality is, is that you're going to have to work in order for God to bless you. Now, today, with our particular socialism uh, agenda that's going on right now, it's like, no, you don't have to work. We're going to forgive all your debts. Even though you signed, we don't care about the integrity that's in your life, that you signed your name to a contract that you would pay it back. Nah, we're just going to forgive it. 
you know, and this type of thing. And then, you know, you don't have to work because after all, the government's going to take, take care of you. Listen, I can tell you right now, the only thing that's going to end up in your life is slavery. Did you hear me? Because they'll make a slave out of you. You know, we have to work. It, it, it just, that's the way it is, you know. And so if you're going to be blessed, and, and I would say it this way to you, dear friend, really in the world in which we live, if we get our heads screwed on straight, there is opportunity for you in your life to, to, to prosper and to be blessed. You've got to figure out what that is, but I'm telling you what, God will bless you. It might be that you have to work a couple jobs. You know, a lot, a lot of folk, they don't want to hear that. You know, but the reality is, is that, you know, the system in which we live is, it was never designed for you to get ahead. You know, it just keeps you working, keeps you working. But you know what? There is the wisdom of God that can teach you what it is that you need to do. When I, you know, first got born again, I worked in a grocery store. I worked in a, a, a hog yard for a farmer one time, you know. Thank God I was saved, you know, but for a season I was working there. And I think it was a secondary job to what I had. And, and here's the cool thing about this. You know, he testifies to this, that while I worked for him, he had the best average of litters where his hogs were concerned that he had ever had or ever had since then. And because he, he averaged 10 uh, pigs per litter. And let me tell you, that's a big litter. But every one of his sows were producing that kind of number. Well, thank God I didn't have to stay in that mess. You know, now I want you to understand, I wasn't a prodigal son. I was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, praise God, loving Jesus. I also was not Jacob, you know, that had run off, you know, and was taking care of somebody else's, you know, sheep. But I tell you, I was there, and God blessed that man uh, because I loved him, I loved God, and I loved what it was that I was doing. But I worked, I worked, I worked. You know, I painted houses. I worked in a, in a cattle yard for, for many years, you know, and different things of that nature. So what am I trying to say? Am I bragging on myself? No, I'm just saying, praise God, that God will bless the work of your hand. He'll bless what you put your hand to, you know, and those are the things that a lot of times people don't understand. A lot of times people look at others that own businesses, you know, and they say, well, yeah, they got all this money and they got this and that and the other. I will guarantee you that if they have a business of their own that they're successful in, they're working harder than anybody else. Now, you know, typically that's the way it is. There may be exceptions, you know, whatever, but I'm just telling you that, you know, sometimes people have the mistaken idea, you know, that, that somebody, you know, is just raining down out of heaven. That's not the way it works. But I will tell you this, that if you'll put your hand at some things, that you'll be diligent, you'll be disciplined, you'll watch over what it is that God has entrusted you with, that God's blessing can come to your life. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> uh, Hallelujah. You know, uh, I really went off on a different tangent here, but I think we're talking about being established. And sometimes what we need to understand is sometimes our thinking needs to be, that's why the Bible says to renew your mind to the word of God. You know, God's not against you. God is for you. The apostle Paul said, if God be for you, who can be against you? And I tell you, dear friend, he is. And so, you know, sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do, but there is blessing that awaits us when we do it. I trust you believe that, praise God. Well, listen, you know, we've been going along here for a while, and uh, um, um, I just kind of, 
I'm going to kind of bring this thing to a, to a close somehow or another here because I really went off in a different direction than what I thought I was going to talk about. I tell you what, let's do this real quickly. Turn with me to Psalm 112, this, the 112th Psalm. Just move over there real quick, and let's look at this to close. Hallelujah. Again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I hope that this is a blessing to you. Glory to God. God wants you to have good success. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now look with me in this scripture, uh, Psalm 112, verse 1. It says, praise ye the Lord. It says, again, blessed is the man that what? Fears the Lord and that delights greatly in his commandments. Now let's think about that for a minute. We just got done reading in the first Psalm, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. In this scripture, it says, blessed is the man that fears or reveres the Lord and again delights greatly in his commandments. What's that mean? Again, you know, we're not to fear God in the sense of being afraid of him, but we revere what it is that he says and we make the word our delight. In other words, whatever it is that it's saying, we're going, yes. That's so true. That's the way I want to live. That's what I want to do. When we make God's word our delight, he said, that man will be blessed. He goes on then to say, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright, hallelujah, notice here, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Did you hear that? God's not opposed to you having things. He's opposed to things having you. And he said wealth and riches will be in your house. And he says that your righteousness will endure forever. Unto the upright or the righteous, there uh, rises light in the darkness. You know, thank God, when we make His Word our delight, He shows us things that we maybe do not know or wisdom that we need for a certain circumstance or trouble maybe that we're experiencing and we're saying, God, how do I deal with this? He says there arises light in darkness and that this man is gracious and full of compassion. A good man shows favor. Now, a good man here by description means a generous man. He shows favor and lends, and he will guide his affairs with discretion. That means he's not foolish about what it is that he's doing, but he is a generous person in the sense that when he finds a need, he's willing to help to meet that need, but he does it in a, in a wise kind of way. You can see in all of this, praise God, that God wants to lift us up. He wants to bring us to a different level in, way, in, in, in terms of the way that we live and, and how it is that we handle the things that we have in our life. Because if we can be trustworthy, dear friend, if you can be trustworthy to the Lord to, to, to be a good steward of what it is that he's given to you, I will guarantee you that your, bless, your life will be blessed beyond measure. Notice what it goes on then to say, surely he shall not be moved forever. You know, we've been talking about being established, you know, being grounded. It says, surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be uh, had in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is 
fixed. I love that. Glory to God. I mean, in other words, I'm not moving off what God says. I believe His Word. I don't care what it looks like. God said. Hallelujah. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. You know, God wants your heart to be established in Him. He shall not be afraid when he, until he see the desire upon his enemies. And then it goes on and says some other things. Let me read this out of the Amplified Bible. Verse 6, it says, He will not be moved forever. The uncompromisingly righteous, the upright, the one who is in right standing with God, shall be in everlasting remembrance. Glory to God. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings because his heart is fixed firmly fixed, trusting, leaning on, and being confident in the Lord. His heart is established and steady, and he will not be afraid, listen, while he waits to see his desire upon his adversaries. In other words, God will take up for you. In other words, he'll fight your battles. He'll be the one, glory to God, that brings about the change in our lives. Hallelujah. So, you know, I want you to embrace God's plan for your life, the desire that he has to bless you. Don't let naysayers uh, spoil or, or, or take or rob you from what it is that God wants to do in your life. You know, if you have to, you just say, well, you know what, I'm sorry you feel, about it, feel that way about it, but I know that God wants to bless my life because he wants to make me a blessing to the people that are around you, you know? I mean, and, and you know, I think about that in my wife and I's life with Joan, you know, and, and, and the thing about it is I'm so glad that I did not relent to the pressure and to the doubt and the unbelief of so many, because when I look back over these last four decades of ministry and I see what it is that God has done in multiplied thousands of people's lives through the ministry of the word of faith, preaching to them and teaching them the word of God and what it is that God wants to do and can do in their life, I mean, I wouldn't give that up for nothing. But there will always be people in your life that will try to rob or steal from you what it is that God wants to do, and don't you dare let them do it. Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. And be glad. Because I tell you what, praise God, the plan that he has for you is so awesome. I trust this morning that you've been blessed by this message. Praise God. I'm telling you what, God is moving. There are people that are being saved, people being filled with the Holy Ghost. God is bringing to pass the very thing that he ordained before the foundation of the world. We stand upon the threshold of his coming. You know, that's why we want to be about the Father's business. We want to be doing what it is that he wants us to do. And all of these things come into play, that we're established, that we're settled. We're not all over the place. We're not goofy. We're not, you know, being weird or whatever the case might be, but rather we are fixed and focused on making sure that we communicate a message to the world that is around them that Jesus loved them enough to give his life for them so that they could be saved and have everlasting life. You may be viewing this particular podcast um, and you may not know Christ. You may not know that much about Jesus whatsoever. But I'm telling you this much about it, dear friend. He came into the world to save sinners. And the Bible says that whoever will call on the name of the Lord can be saved. 
And it's a simple thing of just recognizing or acknowledging your need for a Savior because you are a sinner. And just to acknowledge that and repent and ask God to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. And dear friend, if you'll do that, if, it, if you allow it to come right out of your innermost being, your heart, and just say, God, I'm going to give you everything that I have because I need you, then I will guarantee you, my friend, that your life will never be the same. So I'd like to pray with you if you just bow your heads with me. Father, I just want to thank you for those that may be viewing, Father, our podcast here today. And God, I want to thank you for the blessing of God in their life. And Father, if they do not know you, I ask you, Father God, that as an act of their will, they'll acknowledge their need and that they'll receive you as their Lord and as their Savior, Father God, that you might come into his heart, come into her heart, let them be born again. You know, dear friend, if you're there, just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed and repeat this prayer with me. Say this with me, dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me. I want you to come into my heart and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness towards me. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear friend, listen, if you prayed that prayer, you know, something new has begun within your life. And we would love to hear about it. If you could contact us, you can go to myfc.info. You could probably uh, send us a text, uh, an email, or whatever. Let us know about your decision. You can even call the office if that, you know, works easiest for you. Let us know that you made that decision. You know, we, we want to know because it, it, it'll bless you and it'll bless us. And not only that, but we would love to be able to put some things into your hands to help you start in your walk with the Lord. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you for being a part of the service. We're so grateful that you could come and be a part of it. We want you to have a blessed week. And again, all of you that are part of the church family, do what you can to help us reach that goal for our marriage retreat this weekend. And I tell you what, we'll have a great time together. So God bless you, and we'll see you again on Wednesday night.